Quality Partner. It's your old pal at the walking dude of movie reviews, Jason from Binge Movies. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd climb into your family vehicle, maybe a conversion van, and you put your seatbelt on and the seatbelt bucket would scorch your young flesh like a hot branding iron? Do you remember the feel of crushed goldfish and pizza combos and the conversion van carpet? Did your younger brother ever puke out the window in a gridlock on I-75 after housing his Happy Meal? If so, you've been on a road trip, and you know they are long, tiring, and uncomfortable. These are three perfect adjectives to describe what we've got for you today and every day subsequently following. I'll be hitching my way across Movie USA with my dear internet-only friend, Lindsay Washburn. Lindsay? They say never get in a conversion van with a stranger, but you're no stranger to me. We met on the open roads of the information superhighway. Little thing called the algorithm. Little place called YouTube. I saw you on there and I thought, boy, this is this gal sure is swell, and she sure knows how to analyze movies. Including Bedroom Eyes 2, starring Wings Hauser and Linda Blair is Joe. <laughs> Uh, so I called you up, Lindsay. It's my good friend. And I said, Lindsay, meet me in California and bring your conversion van because we're going to tour the United States. And by the United States, I mean California to Central Texas. Yeah, I'm excited. I love road trips. Um, we usually go on one a year, but I remember as kids, they weren't the funnest, but I still enjoyed them because in the Midwest, you know, any travel is a road trip because you're not flying anywhere. That's if very it's true. less than a fourteen if it's less than a fourteen hour drive, you're in the car. Yep. It's just the way of it. It's how we do it. That's right. <laughs> and in case my noise filter, my noise gate isn't set very well, that snoring you hear is my dog who's <laughs> <laughs> already bored by this conversation. She is. She's brand new <laughs> and she's laying at my feet, sorta. And just saw in law. <laughs> she is out. Yes. She's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. You guys are boring as fuck. <laughs> I, t- I, I took her on a two mile walk and I said, come on, we're going mosey over here. I can't keep that up. But uh, listen. Uh, I know. Where's that accent from? <laughs> Iowa, I think. We You only get a little bit of toying down at the Missouri border. Oh, uh, Missouri. Ugh. Yeah. Nothing good comes out of there. Missouri. Nothing good. Well, they have, they got legal weed now. They have full rec in, weed, so. In they, Branson? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about Branson. Lindsay? That'd be, it, that'd be an interesting uh, dispensary to go to in Branson. We have to go to Branson, Missouri. <laughs> and we have to do recreational weed and go see magic shows and Yakov Smirnov. Yep. And yes. yeah, report. We have to report live on your channel. That would be amazing. Yeah. There's so many shows. I think I have some tapes of some Branson shows oh, in my collection. This is wonderful. This mm-hmm. is news to hear. <laughs> so my my goal is always to do like, um, I want to do live shows in person, you know, like live podcast shows. Mm-hmm. And so I've been oh, trying yeah. for years and years and years to do a live episode with real spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. And they think nobody's going to show up. But I say, I say, don't doubt your popularity. Doubt my popularity, yeah. but don't doubt your own popularity. <laughs> I'm trying to get on your coattails. And the same thing is mm-hmm. true with you. I'm trying to get on your coattails. So if you ever want to do a meetup, <laughs> let's meet up at Branson, Missouri. I'll fly. You drive. Mm-hmm. 
And yes. then we'll go to Yakov Smirnov, take some edibles. We'll have a we'll have a hell of a time, and we'll try to re- what a country. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> what a country. What a country. Speaking of a country, we're going to be transversing at least a quarter of the country, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. We're going to be taking off from California, United States. Uh, the way that this is going to work, I have no fucking clue how it's going to work on your channel, Lindsay. <laughs> how it's going to work in an audio format is if, mm-hmm. if you want the audio of this, uh, you're probably already listening to it. So you got to stay right here. Yes. There's going to be four of these in a row, an entire week <laughs> of Jason and Lindsay. If uh, you want video, you have to go to Lindsay Washburn's mm-hmm. channel, and they'll be coming out mm-hmm. for the next four summers, probably, but one a year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I will just just ooze them out over time, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you have a fancy schmancy uh, uh, setup where you could have a VHS player in a moving vehicle? Did your parents have that, or were you poor like me? Oh, we're fucking poor. No. Um <clears throat> the coolest thing that we ever did to our, we had two vans growing up. We had uh, a Libyan van, like from Back to the Future. <laughs> I don't know, old Toyota van. I don't know if you're we able to say that. For, <laughs> I know, well, I don't, I don't think so either, but the, that's how he referenced I thought you meant you it. literally had a, la- a van from Libya. I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> no, in, in Back to the Future, the Libyans that the are Libyans. after Doc drive, yeah. drive this yeah. kind of van. Um, I think it's a Toyota. I'm not sure. Let's see if but, you bastards uh, can do 90. <laughs> and my dad put a, a plank of board under the seat that kind of like swiveled out so that I could sleep so that we could take turns sleeping because there was six of us in total yeah. in this tiny little van. Um, I think the furthest that we went was maybe Devil's Tower in Wyoming. But then we got, um, what was it? Uh, was it a Savar? No, it was an Astro van. Oh, we I remember a, the Astros. We had the 80s Astro yes. van. Yes. And then it broke down. And then cats were living in it for a while. Was it blue? And then we sold like it blue to, and gray? No, it, it was just gray. Gray. Like all gray. Like yep. a darker gray and a lighter gray. Yep. And so a family of cats, feral cats moved into it because it was broke down. <laughs> And then we yep. sold it to the guy at the mall who would do the the simulator things. You know what I mean? The simulator, simulator pod thing, thing where you get no. up and it <laughs> you go into this pod at the mall. It was like a kiosk. He traveled around mm-hmm. and you'd be like on you'd be on a roller coaster on the inside and it would just shake and move and there'd be a screen at the front. This sounds sketchy, you know, you, Lindsay. This never came to your mall? A strange man would just set up a, a, a <laughs> motion machine at the mall and put children in it. Mm. He put tons of people. It was like this gray, like uh, Star Trek lander looking pod thing. You know what I imagine? And I imagine had- your tiny, tiny little body <laughs> being flung from one side to the other. Just jostled around. Jostled around, around like in crazy. this carny ride that, that had no yeah. government regulation <laughs> or standards whatsoever. None. 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 It's like, it's like driving around without a seatbelt, doing uh, doing ninety in a Libyan van. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, <laughs> in the parking lot of your mall. I mean, yeah. 
are you intentionally layering just all these Back to the Future references into this? <laughs> no, you're I'm like, not. just showed up in the parking lot of a mall, is, and we would go there in a Libyan well, he, van. He was, in, I would be it was inside the mall. Did you ever he travel back to 1955 or whenever your parents were in high school? <laughs> My parents would have been in high school, like in the 60s. Okay, did so. you ever catch your dad climbing a tree to peep on your mom, and then he, you accidentally knocked him out of the way, and then your mom fell in love with you? No, oh. that did not happen. No. That's my childhood. No. <laughs> yeah, I thought we had. I thought we had a lot in common. Evidently not. No. <laughs> One of the things that we do have in common, though, is we like movies, and we like talking about movies, yes. and we like talking about mm-hmm. movies with each other. We like talking about movies that uh, nobody gives a shit about. So I figured we'd go ahead and fire up 1971's Duel. Dennis Weaver. Okay, Jack. I'm hacked. Why? Why is he doing this? Duel. Yeah. The ultimate road trip movie set in California. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, of course, the uh, debut of Steven Spielberg. And I would just Mm -hmm. say, if you don't know what Duel is, it's originally a made-for-television movie. It was eventually extended from 71 minutes, I think, to 94 minutes and put it in international markets so it could be considered Mm -hmm. theatrical. Now, all that stuff, Lindsay, I think was shot after it already aired in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a couple scenes. couple scenes. Yeah. So here's what you need to know. Before he convinced generations that a shark was loose in their bathtubs and swimming pools, Steven Spielberg made every weakling man in America afraid to drive through the Mojave. With 33% share of total households in America watching, old Steve-O directed the greatest made-for-TV movie of all time. The second is Terror in the Family, by the way, which stars Academy Award winner Hilary Swank. You ever seen Terror in the Family? I have not. It's got the mom from Growing Pains. It's got the dad from uh, Wonder Years. Meredith Baxter Burney? No, uh, I was supposed to say Judith Light, but that's not right. That's that's who's the boss, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's who's the boss. Yeah. This is growing. She's pains. one of those. This is Mrs. Seaver. Oh, okay, Mrs. Seaver. Yes, and Hillary Swank. Her name uh, and I, you just have to watch this movie to believe it. I cannot commend Terror in the Family enough to you. It is the second best made-for-television movie that has ever been made. Lindsay, I know you don't have time. Because you're going to be busy watching Waxwork make- 1 and 2, <laughs> Buttercream Gang 2, right. and three more movies on this road trip. But once we get back to <laughs> I- once we get back to California or where, however this is going to work, and you make your mm-hmm. way finally back to Iowa to get back to your farmstead. Uh, uh, speaking of Terror farmstead, I've family. got a wild boar here in here with me. But if you <laughs> feral pig, away. I have a feral pig. But <laughs> if you, uh, you got to watch Terror and the Family and please report back. I will. But we're not I here will. to talk that about the second best made for TV movie of all time. We're here to talk about the number First. one best duel, mm-hmm. which debuted on the ABC movie of the week on November 13th, 1971. Coming in at a paltry 74 minutes, I watched the theatrical cut, which is 90-some minutes. Uh, you say, before I kick it over to you, you say that Dennis Weaver reminds you of who? Pedro Pascal. And I, he just looks like him to me. Yeah. I think if, if they ever made a remake, he would be good in that role. 
Do you know uh-huh. who, what he looks and sounds like to me? Huh? Bert Gummer, a.k.a. Michael Gross from Family Ties. <laughs> the entire movie, I'm like, yes. this is Michael Gross. Oh, yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that. So much mm-hmm. so, I'm like, did Michael Gross cop his entire acting style from Dennis Weaver? It's possible. Is he the inspiration it's for po- Bert Gummer? It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you broke your- into the Rob Galdon rec room. <laughs> <laughs> For a very, very obvious dubbed over. I think he said something. Else. Yeah. I think he used naughtier words, Lindsay. Uh, a couple. Um, have you ever seen Duel before? Oh, yeah. I saw Duel as a kid with my dad on like TNT. Did you really? I think they, it, yeah, it could have been TNT or TBS. Um, I, did, I didn't see the whole thing. I came in probably around the diner scene, yeah. I think, if I remember correctly. But I, I was just like hypnotized by this movie. Even as a kid. Interesting. I, I love this movie. I love this movie. Interesting. How many times <laughs> have you watched it subsequently? Oh, gosh. A dozen, maybe. Really? Yeah. Would it surprise mm-hmm. you to know that I've never seen it before? This is my you'd ne- first You've never time. seen Duel? Ooh. Correct. I decided nice. if there's no, a- anybody in the world I want to watch this movie with for the first time, it's you, Lindsay. <laughs> that's, how deep this, well, I feel that's how deep this friendship goes. <laughs> Had, had you heard of Duel before? <laughs> what do you take me out as a, a troglodyte of some kind? Oh, no. I just wanted to come a man on your radar. Who, who lives in the hills that have eyes and comes out like Michael Berry. You know, I know I'm freakishly large, but I'm not that weird looking. I <laughs> come out and like bang people on the head and rip them out of their RV. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I travel around the conversion van with you talking about movies <laughs> nobody cares about. Well, more people should care about Duel. More people should care about Duel, and more people should care about Terror in the Family. Yes. Yeah. you got to watch <laughs> it. you got to report back to me. Uh, for those that don't know what Duel is, who, mm-hmm. who are troglodytes, <laughs> according to Lindsay Washburn, <laughs> uh, this, this movie has, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to say this as simply as I can for all those simple-minded Hill folks who uh, are the byproduct of radiation and incest. It is the simplest of setups with a basically a single character who is our main character. He's a salesman of some sort. Uh, he's given the not so subtle name of man, but with two heads. Man. Because two he's ends. any man. He's every man. He could yes, be you. He could be me. He's just a guy uh, in some very, very tight, non breathable fabric, just trying yes. to get with it. <laughs> Through the Mojave Desert without air conditioning to make a sales appointment Oof. because he is a salesman and a disappointment to his wife. He is oh, a gosh. disappointing lover, he's disappointing a, husband. He's a failure. Disappointment in every to himself. <laughs> yes. I mean, just, uh, I love how this movie starts off. You know, we, it just comes up from black. Yep. We're starting the trip. Yep. We hear the, the engine turn on. And we're leaving your garage. Yep. We have no information. We're just in a car with this guy. Yep. And so everything that we learn about this guy is is told through us on his drive. Like even the radio shit that he's listening to informs us about his character. Because they do that prank call about the guy who's like, oh, I'm not the head of the household. And yep. I do all the women's work yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And then... 
later on we get the phone call from his wife and when he stops for gas he uh, the guy says well you're the boss and he replies well not in my house so the whole time before we get to like the real meat of the movie it's set up that this guy is a pussy <laughs> i was just say he's a real cut simp but that works yeah and that works too <laughs> It's just, (laughs) he's always doubting himself. Um, He he, he doesn't believe in his own abilities and he's thrown into this life or death situation. And it's like, well, do you got a pair? Don't you? Well, you're exactly exactly right. And the the other thing is he has, he's agreed to drive across the desert to some remote location because this guy he's trying, well, he's a big account. And the guy's like, I'll only meet you at this time, at this place, and you got to come to me. I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow, so you better get up here. You better get up here. And so he's kind of a cuck for the the, the account. He's a cuck for his boss. Mm -hmm. He's a simp for his wife who's like, but you told me you'd be home for dinner at 530. He's like, well, I have a job to do. I have to have this appointment. I have to go. Or, you know, like my, my, our livelihood is hanging in the the balance Mm -hmm. and, and, and she's just like, yeah, but you said you better be here by dinner time, or you're gonna get it, Mister. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll try. Whatever you say. Ah. Yeah, and the and right? the entire movie is him eventually having this sort of blasé, uh, forgettable ex- experience on a back desert highway mm-hmm. with a anonymous truck and its and its driver. Who we never see. Never see him. And the trucker, for whatever reason, then decides, uh, I'm going to murder this cuck. I'm going to murder this son of a bitch. So it's really a yep. Giga Chad trucker trying to take down a cuck <laughs> salesman who's to determine who's going to be the alpha. If you want to be an yeah. alpha, you got to drive a big rig because you got a big hog big between your legs. Dirty. Fucking truck. dirty fucking hog truck. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get the simp out of your way. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta wear boots and kick stuff. You gotta and- wear boots. You gotta smoke. You gotta smoke. <laughs> Parliament's unfiltered. Be a man. You gotta be a man. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have big balls, and you gotta have the driver <laughs> of the license plates of your victims on the. Yes, that's what attracts the women. You want to get the women? <laughs> women can't respect a man who respect doesn't respect himself. Women can't respect a man who d- who respects them. Women only respect big, powerful trucks. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Is that right? That's about right. Yeah. I no, base my personal tracks. philosophy and gender ideology on mm-hmm. the trucker from Duel. Yeah, now, now I go. do. Now that I've seen it, I'm like, this is my new philosophy. <laughs> this is the way to be. This is the way to You've be. You've been red pilled. <laughs> I have been truckered. Hi, I've been truckered. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's why I have a feral pig like, in here because a real man doesn't have a dog. A real man no, goes out and a, captures a fucking a wild boar and puts it out and domesticates it. And say, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there, there's even some of that stuff in the phone call with his wife because yep. he's because she's like, "Hey, you should have said something." This guy was practically raping me at the in in front of the what party. What a wild he didn't statement! Do anything? It's a wild statement. So a dude wrote that line. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yes. If you're, you're uh, a married woman, if your husband <laughs> ever called you on the road for business, right? 
Would you mm-hmm. ever in your wildest dreams be like, oh, by the way, especially like in front of your children and grandchildren mm-hmm. and great grandchildren in your case, would yes. you ever say <laughs> to them, just like blurt out like this guy tried to rape me at a party and you didn't do anything like that seems like a dude wrote that, right? Yeah. And um, I, I yeah, it seems a little I mean, it was the 70s. You never know. <laughs> well, that I, well, like I went back and forth in my mind of like, is this hyperbole? I think so. Or did somebody actually just- try to rape her at a party? I think someone probably got, I, I, I don't know, uh, but I think she is being hyperbolic because she's kind of a bitch. She's yeah. kind, she kind of walks all over her husband and pushes him on stuff. And, and he's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. There's nothing, you know, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm in the m- middle of the goddamn desert. Yeah. Trying to work. Yeah, his I response to it's like, right well, now. what do you want me to, what did you want me to do? Go up and sock the guy in the nose? What do you want me yeah, to do? Punch him in the face? And she's like, maybe if that's what it takes. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If you're going to be a man. If you're going to be a man, man, and M-A-N-N. Then- you ain't no man, man. <laughs> ain't got no balls. Ain't got no scrot. <laughs> well, and, and then he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to. F- talk about this right now because it's going to turn into an argument she goes well we both know you wouldn't want that she's got this guy's balls in her purse it seems like what she wants is him to fight men in public yeah maybe knock her around a little bit (laughs) like like, i don't know she's like i don't know i want an aggressive man who would just grab me by the hair and take me in the bedroom and he's not that i'm like like it's just to me her entire character felt like a dude wrote a shrew wife mm-hmm. who wants a manly man who's willing to fight for her and tell her to shut up when she needs to be told to <laughs> shut the hell up, bitch. Like that's what it felt well, that, like. And I felt yeah. like, no, I don't feel like this is an interaction between a heteronormative couple, even in the seventies. No, no. And I think it was it. And that was one of the scenes that was added was the phone call yeah. with his wife is something that they went back in and did reshoots on. But it's it's just to to show more that his character is is uh, he's averse to confrontation of any kind, yeah. which plays in hugely to the movie. Like he can't even stand up to his wife. Yep. He can't he can't even say something to a guy who's maybe saying something crass to his wife. Um, he doubts that he can even hold it together going 70 miles an hour yep. trying to get away from this guy. Yep. So he's 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 emasculated yeah. essentially by those situations. You ever seen the Simpsons character that's based on Jack Lemon from Glengarry Glenn Ross? It's like, oh if I just go, oh, if I just get this one cell, everything will turn around for me. That's who this guy is, basically. That's it. That's yeah. him. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we get, we know that we get to know him very deeply because the mm-hmm. movie delves into, but since he is the only character and for an entire, mm-hmm. he's a, what is he? He's a stranger in a strange town, basically. Yes. Even when he, yes. when he's, he's out of his, out element. of his element, when he stops at remote places, no mm-hmm. one speaks to him. Nobody looks at him because these are far flung places that only have the, the, the usuals and then he's a stranger mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot of men and yes. men that are s- kind of scary to him. Yeah, big, burly, 70s masculine men when men were yeah. men, goddammit. With big fucking sideburns. Big fucking sideburns. <laughs> no soy boys here, brother. These are men. Yeah. And uh, 
<laughs> he walks in, you know, with his tight little pants and his soy boy attitude. Mm-hmm. They're like, get out of here. Or does a cheese sandwich on rye. Yeah, yeah. He won't, you can't even eat meat because you ain't got no meat. You ain't got no meat, boy, between them legs. <laughs> and, um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the moral message of this movie by the end. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just him. And so we get all of this internal monologuing. And the entire time mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know, like you said, like, I was like, I can't drive 70. I, he's, he, he could go at least 70. But I, if I went 90, I could maybe get away from him. But I can't. I can't get away from him because I can't drive 90. Mm-mm. I can't even drive 70. Yeah. I don't think I can get this car yeah. above 60. I don't think I'd be able to handle yeah. it. Like, and all this sort of stuff constantly. Like, maybe. Self-doubt. Yeah, maybe that guy self-doubt. at the bar. Maybe that's the one. He's got to be the guy. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I, I was like watching him, like, between the paranoia and the mm-hmm. close-ups. Yes. And the diner setting in the inner monologue, I thought, this is eerily reminiscent of Twilight Zone. So I wrote Twilight oh, Zone yeah. in my notes. It's, and come yes. to find out, yes. it, the screenplay <laughs> is written based off a short story of the same guy. Same person wrote both of them. And that person is who, Lindsay? That is Richard Matheson. I am legend himself. And yes. one of the teleplay authors the of Omega Man, Omega Man, yeah, of tons of Twilight Zone episodes. He is Terra at thirty thousand feet. Yes. Uh, the was a shri- the Shrinking Man, yes. whatever. I can't remember the title, but tons of them. He tons is one of, of the main collaborators, or at the very like he was he was kind of a twofold guy where they would adapt mm-hmm. his short stories for the Twilight Zone, and he also wrote original scripts for the Twilight Zone or helped them adapt their stuff. So yes. this a hundred percent when I when I. They, did a little research after the fact. I was like, well, no wonder it felt like the twilight zone because it's <laughs> fucking Richard Matheson. And it's, this is a hundred percent a Richard Matheson story. Even the way, mm-hmm. like it is the way that the truck, and I know some of this comes down to Spielberg and his cinematographer, mm-hmm. but the way that the truck is presented, the truck almost has a face in and of itself. Yes. And it is a care. It's the character. It is the character. It's, the trucker isn't uh-huh. the person, the villain, the monster, the way the truck the roars. Entity. The way that mm-hmm. it, um, it, it's, it's honestly the way he shoots this truck is very mm-hmm. similar to how he would shoot the, the, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park years yes. later. Some of the yes. sounds yes. I think are even the same. I think I saw that. Oh where yeah. He, some of the truck yes. sounds in dual were used mixed into the T-Rex. Well, it, what, I'm not sure about if it was mixed into the T-Rex, but I do know it was mixed into Jaws. When, was it when really? Bruce the shark, yes, when Bruce the Shark blows up at the end and it s- is slowly falling, yeah. you know, in the water, like the truck at the end yes. is slowly falling. Yes. He puts that sound in there. And we before we end this, we do have to talk a little bit about Jaws and how this movie, this, this movie and Jaws are like spiritual. Yes. Spiritual sequel to to Duel. Yeah, it's, this is almost like the dry run for no pun intended. Oh, what yeah. would become Jaws? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the one of the other scenes that was added is there's a scene where he 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 does all these different maneuvers on the highway. Man, Mister Man does all the mm-hmm. the driver or main character does all these maneuvers to try to get away from this truck, and he will pull over and he'll sleep for hours and then he'll go and then the mm-hmm. truck is just there again and it's been waiting for him and that's where you get that yeah, twi- it, that twilight zone element of like no matter oh, what yeah. he does and he it, can't get away from it and it starts over nothing nothing it starts over nothing because when we first see the truck it passes him and slows way down yep it's kind of a dick move yep. so he passes again 
And he's like, geez, God. you know, the way he reacts in those first initial yep. uh, contact scenes is very like, oh, gee, golly, this guy. Yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's they just kind of get into a, what he thinks is like a pissing match on the road. Yeah. But it's no, he's chosen you as his next victim. Yes. And the, one of the scenes that was added is this man during one of when he thinks he's gotten away from the truck, but he's not really sure. And mm-hmm. so he's really kind of paranoid. Is there's yes. a bus of school children that is stuck <laughs> in the the desert, and the bus driver is like, "Hey, Mister, can you you know?" He pulls over, he's like, "Hey, everything all right here?" You know, and he's like, "Look, mm-hmm. if you could just give us a a, a push, because you're driving us with your car, yeah, but, but it's a '70s car. In fairness, those That's things are true. boats with actual yes. like steel <laughs> bumper. You know, he's got like a chrome bumper on that thing. So he's like, if you could just push mm-hmm. us, get us up out of this hill." we can probably get the engine turned over and then I can go and yeah. get these kids wherever they're going in the middle of the desert. Uh, little badass <laughs> in the middle kids of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and so even the kids know that he's, he's a wussy, you know, even, Oh, he gets no respect like, from like, the anybody. Kids are like, this guy can't help us. Like he's a loser. No. Like, and I'm like, Oh my he God. He tries to, when, um, when the, the, the truck shows back up in the tunnel, he's like, get off the road. And they're like, fuck you. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, the waitress at the diner doesn't even bring him the correct sandwich. No. I mean, he, he just gets shit on all the all time the by time. the people in this movie. And so he gets himself hooked under the bus because mm-hmm. he tells the guy, ah, I think I'm too low. I think you'll we'll, we'll hook my bumper. And the guy's like, ah, don't worry about it. You won't hook my just bumper. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So do he does it. it. And then he does hook his bumper like he thought. Mm-hmm. And then all this kerfuffle happens. And then by the time he looks down the road, the truck is just sitting in the fucking tunnel and starts Hi. heading towards these children and this bus. Yeah. And yeah. And eventually the chase continues. So he is impotent in every single way. He is. Oh yeah. Because the truck comes and pushes the bus out with no problem. No problem. <laughs> While he's left being like, he's going to kill us. He's going to kill us all. And yeah. he's just an mm-hmm. impotent man with his tiny little car this tiny little bumper he can't move anything he couldn't help anybody he can't do shit with that tiny thing between his legs (laughs) but if you got a real man who drives a big rig yeah big dirty big dirty dirty rig rig. he hit you in the backside (laughs) get you moving you know what i mean fuck yeah america Um, you said we couldn't be dirty during an episode of duel Uh, we found it we found it it's all it's all of this Movie is an extended phallic metaphor. You're the English lit it major. It's it's very uh, Freudian, isn't it? Very though Freudian. I mean, we're kind of being silly, is. but isn't it? Doesn't it really come down to he's like a tiny man with his tiny? Like he doesn't really have a tiny car, mm-hmm. but in comparison, no. there's this big hulking bully vehicle that's on the road with him. There is mm-hmm. something kind of phallic about it, right? Like this big long. Yeah. You know, you're not a man. Mm-hmm. This is what a man is. No. This is what a man does. What a man does. This man runs you off mm-hmm. the fucking road if he has to, you know, yes. and it, and you're not that guy. And like mm-hmm. it almost and this isn't true literally, but it's almost metaphorically like yeah. you, you should know your place in the pecking order and your place yes. is to never pass me. I pass you. You uh-huh. don't pass me. This is my territory. Correct. Yep. 
Your territory's over in the suburbs. Yes. You're you're on my ground. You're in the bad you're on my lands. turf. Yeah. Yes. And you you had the audacity, the fucking audacity to cut me off and jump in front of me. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, pal. Yeah. I'm gonna run you off the road. I'm gonna kill you. That's yeah. basically what and it put is. Put your you license know? plate on the front of my truck. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> he he makes it to a, a telephone booth. Which you can see Steven Spielberg fully in the reflection of. Yes. Which leads me to go, okay, now this happens a few times. He knowingly does it in the Lost World Jurassic Park. There's a few more times mm-hmm. where you see him. He pops up in a reflection in his movies. Is mm-hmm. that Are the later usages of it an homage to his first film, Fuck Up? Oh, yeah. Or was this, an om- was this a Hitchcock reference? Sort of. No. This is a fuck up? <laughs> this was a fuck up. This was a fuck up. because. They shot this thing in like 12, 13 days. Yeah, it's amazing. Just insanely fast. And this is why I will always give Spielberg credit as a filmmaker and as a director. Yeah. And the way he solves problems is just incredible to me. Because yeah. um, they're like, you need to shoot this in the studio with like rear projection for the the roads and stuff. And he's like, that's going to kill this movie. 100%. It's going to make it. It's just going to make it awful. We need to shoot this in real locations, real places, with real vehicles, yep. real people, all that shit. And they're like, okay, if you stay on schedule the first three, day- three days, yep. we'll let you shoot the whole thing out there. Otherwise, you're coming back to the studio. And he did. And the ways he did it were so detailed and insane. Like, he, he drew a map of the entire movie. The entire movie, yep. just this huge thing. He said he had it on his uh, hotel wall, hotel room wall, and he had on there where every action scene happened, every camera setup, all this stuff. He would set up like a five camera shot of the truck and the car coming one way, and then he'd just turn the cameras around and have them come the other way. And he's like, that's a fuck ton of coverage in just, you know, two simple shots. Yeah, it's a genius. Genius, genius stuff. And and there, there's another one, there's another sh- shot where he pops up, where he's seen. And that's when they I- expanded the frame to go to a theatrical release. Mm. They had to zoom it forward because you can see him in the back seat like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not back here. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. And they had three weeks from the time they yelled cut to when it was airing. That's amazing. It's insane. He had like four different editors working at the same time, riding like a bicycle between the four editing bays. And the fact that those are the only like noticeable big mistakes yeah. is a miracle. Well, what the movie is, is it's, it is a miracle, but it's also an exercise in yeah. how much can you do with how little. Yes. Because this film is lean and mean in all, There's no fat on all this the movie. best possible ways. It's mm-hmm. a simple story told very simply, but executed at such a high level that yes. even now, because by not using rear projection, setting into these real mm-hmm. locations, as awful as that probably was, because you're shooting in the freaking desert for yeah. real for weeks on end with no budget. Um, mm-hmm. It lends you the belief that especially, I think, probably even more so in the past, that you could be mm-hmm. anybody, literally any, an every man, any person 
Mm-hmm. Just trying to get from point A to point B. To point B. And if the wrong altercation, not even an altercation, the wrong trivial banal event happens. Yes. On the highway. Just a misunderstanding. If you're in the wrong place at the <laughs> wrong time, it could haunt you for the rest of your life. Because the only yes. way that this guy escapes the scenario is by eventually uh, rigging his own car with his briefcase. Uh, jamming on the accelerator forcing the truck into driving into it so that it explodes Mm -hmm. blinding the driver with fans of flame because his car is on fire in front of the truck so the truck Mm -hmm. tremor style goes flying off a fucking cliff and crashes uh seemingly killing the driver Mm -hmm. um we do see blood we see blood dripping blood Mm mm-hmm uh, yes. And the, the truck is absolutely mangled. And it's honestly, it's amazing. I'm not a hundred. It's such an amazing shot. It's an amazing shot. The only way that they could have done it was by driving a actual big rig, a stunt version at the very least, a light version mm-hmm. off a fucking cliff. Yeah. Which means you yeah, probably only a- have one chance to get that. Oh yeah, he had one one shot. I think it was like a three camera setup, and the the longest lingering shot was this one guy off to the side who just kept following the truck as it went down. Yeah. And that's when you see it kind of disappear into the plume of dust, and then it comes back out yeah. like the one last scare. Like it's so good. Yeah. And so so much of that was just luck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about that for luck. a second? Let's talk. Let's talk about that for a second. So when you're shooting, mm-hmm. you're an actress. Okay. When you're shooting movies yeah. in the real world, in practical locations, through adversity, yes. having to think on your feet, be creative in the moment. How do we get the shot? Mm-hmm. How do we do this? Maybe what we planned isn't going quite right. Maybe there's kismet. Maybe there's <laughs> there's luck that's <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, over there. <laughs> she's awake she's itching um <laughs> what what are we how many magical moments are we missing in these sterile environments with the movies that were being made today so many i think so many because a lot of the environments now are just digital digital arenas like the stuff they Digital arenas where yep. you ha- don't even have a set, really. Yeah. It's just green or whatever. And I think you miss out on those happy accidents. Yeah. Because, and, and even with practical effects versus uh, computer-generated effects, it's like now they would have they done that digitally, that, that truck going over the That's edge exactly exploding. That's exactly right. And so you, wouldn't, you either wouldn't get that accidental mm-hmm. pop back up, which feels like that last mm-hmm. fright, or if you do, yeah. the truck is going to be so uncanny. Yes. It's It's not going to seem real. It's not going to seem real. It's going to seem like, well, what are you trying to tell me? That the truck was a monster? Just like, rah! Right. Whereas opposed (laughs) to this, because it is a real truck, and just a simple low shot framed up, which is the classic monster Mm -hmm. shot. That's how you got the the original Frankenstein's monster shot. Mm -hmm. uh, If you ever watch uh, old, the way they they would shoot Andre the Giant. As the wrestler, yes. whenever he'd come down, they'd always, they'd always have to be real low. Oh, yeah. Because it made him look <laughs> colossal, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
that's what they do with the truck. It's the, all these really low shots, and the grill oh, yeah. of the truck is almost vroom, like coming mm-hmm. right towards the camera. And when it's like over the top, yes. so it's just like you're, just, it's just zooming so far forward, and it's shaking. It's looming so you just feel over the visceral, you. Yeah. Yes. It's this looming mm-hmm. threat, and then we're shooting it from all the like. If you try to do that digitally, then it's like it almost feels as if you're like, pers- it goes from like you're per- personifying something when it's practical to anthropomorphizing mm-hmm. something when it's digital yes. and then it becomes yes, cartoon and it doesn't mm-hmm. become visceral and it's like this is no. fucking phony horseshit. and mm-hmm. here it's like the truck doesn't the truck isn't supernatural but spielberg said he wanted you to get the feeling of it being supernatural yes. it just keeps appearing yes. but there's a keeps logic appearing. to the movie that there's explanation because he's hunting this guy yes yeah. yeah, yeah, and this guy doesn't realize that until pretty far into the movie. But I mean, he he, he you hear him like make little offhand comments of like he's got to have that thing souped up. Like, what has he got in there? Yeah. You know, because it's going so fast and it's able to keep up with him. And and yeah, it's it's dirty and it says flammable on oh, it. Oh yeah, it's dangerous. And it's, and it and it's got all these bugs on the front and the windshield's dirty and it has it just has so much character yep. to it just by the look of it. And we're told it, nothing. It, just, it works perfectly. We don't know nothing. anything about this guy. The little nope. little kind of hidden production design, which we've brought up a few times, was there's multi-state license plates that are yeah strapped to the the grill of this thing and Mm -hmm. the implication there is that he has killed these people and like taken those as trophies Mm -hmm. and this that's what this whoever this person is it's what he does he just whether he why does he need to feel wronged we don't know but he just selects people we don't need the reason yeah and he he kills them and because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere the people just disappear yeah and that's why I I love desert thriller horror movies. Oh, you do? Because I think it's <laughs> I do. I do. Cuz I think it's 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 an environment of isolation that a lot of people don't think about. And it's so deadly. All you have to do is run out of gas. It's so deadly. Overheat yeah. your engine, get a flat tire, yeah. you're fucking dead. You're dead. Uh-huh. Dead. Done. No Dunzo. no but no spooky clown is coming out of the woods and laughing and getting you. You just die no. from the environment. Yes. And or a rattlesnake bites you or something. I, well, speaking <laughs> of rattlesnake, right? What when he gets to the phone booth at scene and he's like trying to call the police, he's like, operator, give mm-hmm. the police. Oh God, I need help. Oh, this guy's trying to kill me. It's like this roadside roadside tourist trap carny sort of thing where a lady yeah. has like aquariums full of rattlesnakes. She's like, you want to see my rattlesnakes? She's got a coyote tied up. Yeah. I'm just like. And what's amazing, right? <laughs> like the, the, there's a kind of a metaphor there. But like all of these desert predators are tied up or captured or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the truck just plows through them. Because right he is the apex predator. That truck is mm-hmm. the ultimate predator of this desert. And yeah. no matter what this, you shouldn't. Don't be afraid of these spiders or yep. these snakes. I'm the thing that's gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it is uh, an excellent film. Um, I the thing I've noticed about Spielberg, I noticed this when I've revisited mm-hmm. Raiders, is okay. that it's when Soderbergh took Raiders and he 
desaturated. He turned into a black and white movie. He turned into a black and white mm-hmm. silent film. Now he went a step too far because he added like uh, Trent Reznor music as the score. Oh. And, I, and I was like, I like Trent Reznor's music, but it just didn't really work. Cause it's like, I like, got like this like electronica score. I'm like, this isn't, yeah. but he was, it was an exercise to be like, what if I changed all of these iconic elements, took the color, took this, would the movie kind of still yeah. be conveyed and what parts of it would be conveyed? And mm-hmm. I just turned the sound off and the entire movie worked as yeah. a silent movie. Yeah. And he originally wanted this to be a silent movie. And that, well, so that's what I was going to say. The entire time I'm watching this, I'm going, this could work as a silent film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it would be yeah, so harrowing. I mean, very harrowing, because you, then you really don't have any information. Yes. You don't get the clues as to what this guy is like. You don't know what he's thinking outside of his actions. Yeah. Yep. And... I mean, even the voiceover wasn't originally written into the script. They add, the studio wanted him to add that because he's like, there's, there's no dialogue in this movie. People are going to get bored. And so they added the, the voiceover stuff. But, but no, it, it works totally as a silent film. There's huge stretches in this movie where there's no dialogue. The only, yeah, the only part that it would, I think would be missing is the sound design of not the, the speech, but of the engines, the tires. Yes. The sound of the yes. road. It, mm-hmm. it helps you feel like the heat of the desert and the oh, how yeah. dirty and scary and sweaty this entire situation is. Yes. And and also the sound is so important to the the truck yes. being a signifier of, of evil because we we know the shape and the look of it, but it has a very, very distinct sound too. Like when he's hiding by the train tracks, we hear the truck come in. Yes. But it ends up because he's he's freaking out. He's, he thinks it's the truck, but it's just the train. Yeah. So he hears that in his head. So it's it's just all these little signifiers of like, oh, could that be the truck? That could be the truck. And it just messes with your head. I'm going to say something controversial to you here. <laughs> uh, so brace yourself. I, I, I don't think okay. it's controversial, but some people may. I, a lot of people say like Temple of Doom is Spielberg's darkest movie. It's like his meanest movie. Mm-hmm. I would say I think Duel is his meanest movie. And here's why. It is pretty mean. Man is not likable. His wife is a shrew, like we said. The, everybody he encounters, just the civilians, the people on the highway, are mm-hmm. largely unhelpful, uncaring. Yeah. Uh, not observant. Like, like you t- said, he, he's not welcome. He doesn't matter. He's an outsider. And mm-hmm. a random trucker is a murderous stalker. Like his vision yeah. of the world, or at least this part of the world, his vision of the desert, these desert enclaves, these podunk, you know, two building towns uh, on old abandoned highway once the interstate system moved in, what's left of the old mm-hmm. world. Um, it's apocalyptic. It's very apocalyptic. And so yeah, I'm like, th- I, mean, I think he- this is his meanest fucking movie. Like it is, it's dark. Cause here's the thing like, okay, he, he, ostensibly kills the villain right he, yes. he becomes a man instead of he becomes a man because the entire time his strategy is avoid yes. pull into this diner and just wait it out if i get a sandwich mm-hmm. wait for a while he'll get down the road and i can eventually he'll he'll forget about me mm-hmm. that doesn't happen and then well if i pull off and i just like hide and then i sleep for hours then he'll he'll be way mm-hmm. way way gone and then that doesn't work yes <clears throat> mm-hmm. So the only way that he can overcome 
and become a true man is through confrontation is ultimately taking down this predator, killing this predator. Yes. Um, he does, but he's left without a car. He's left without water. He's left without mm-hmm. resources near yes. nothing and no one. Yep. Yep. On a side of a cliff by himself. <laughs> he dies out there, right? It's possible. I mean, cause the movie just ends him kind of like sitting there contemplating the day. Thro- yeah, throwing the rocks sets. at the corpse yeah. of this guy at the bottom. Well, it's like, where do you go from there? Right. You're just this dude who wife is always just nagging and at you. And you, you know, you, you missed your big sales call. Yes. And this guy was trying to kill you and you finally killed him. Yeah. So you're free, but it's like, where do you go from there? He's stranded in the <laughs> desert. He's killed the guy that was trying to kill him. So he might be wanted for mm-hmm. murder because it's his word against nobody. True. He's not. And everyone that he's encountered so far thinks he's crazy. The, everybody that he thinks he's crazy. He's still, he, like I say, he's still late for dinner. He lost the big account, mm-hmm. probably. He probably lost his job. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't die from heat stroke or a venomous poison or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, his he has no life to go back to. That's what I mean. The movie is ultimately yeah. pretty nihilistic. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's a little symbolic too. I mean because he's he's been removed from the trappings of like modernity. You right. know what I mean? Right. He's he's back in the jungle. Killer he be has killed. Bested his rival. Killer be killed. Yep. And that's where he's at at that point, you know, fuck the job, fuck the family, fuck the car. I am. I, I have made fire. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. He's gone at full alpha. Yeah. He's laying out his primal <laughs> scream. Yeah. Ooh. You want to hear my primal scream? Yeah. <clears throat> you ready? Hang on. <clears throat> I'm ready. I'm uh-huh. ready. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. It's Tim Allen. Yeah, that's our from the screen. Oh man, that's how I know I'm a real man. Like, oh. That's how you know. <laughs> is this a metaphor for life? This movie that the best that we can do is allow our enemies or force our enemies to be plunged to their death before the or before they kill us. You know, kill or be killed. I, uh... I don't know. I don't think Spielberg was putting any lofty symbolic meaning mm-hmm. on this movie. I mean, he looked at looked at it more as Hitchcockian, mm. kind of just like this person is throw this everyday person is thrown into these extreme set of circumstances, and this is how they handle it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people that have that have put like this this is what the film means or that's what the film means. Like a, a lot of people over in Europe thought it was uh, um, like very um, anti-suburbanite mm. kind of thing, like class, class warfare essentially because you have this blue collar trucker and then you have this white collar salesman and they collide in the desert essentially, which one is going to come out on top. But um what I take away from this movie is it's uh, it's oh man, it, it's hard to describe because I mean he's he's finally pushed to his limits. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. He finally gets to a point where he'll push back, and the the lengths that, that he has to go to to get to that point 
I don't know. It's more like a character study to me. Well, I heard you say, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> real men kill. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have blood on your hands, if your sword is not damp from the blood of your enemy, you're not a fucking man. Lindsay Washburn. No. You're no Come f- back with your shield or on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Come back with your shield or on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I, it's just, it's, it's a survival story. Yeah. To me. And it's, it's very, there's a lot of suspense in it. That diner scene is probably my favorite in the movie. Really? We get that, lo- we get that long one shot from when he comes in and he sees everybody and he's disoriented and his handheld. It's one of the few handheld shots in the entire movie. And we follow him all the way to the bathroom and he s- splashes water on his face and he kind of like centers himself mm-hmm. like, okay, get your shit together. And then he walks back out. And he looks out the window and there's the fucking truck. And then we get that snap of the, the pool cue, the pool balls yeah. hitting. And then the camera fixes back and nope, you're back in the nightmare. You have not escaped. Yeah. That, that whole sequence feels, that's the one that felt very t- Twilight Zone to me. And I mean that the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Because I, Twilight Zone, I think, is probably one of the most consistently, uh, how would I put this? I think it's one of the best television shows of all time. It's probably the easiest way to put it. Oh yeah. No, it's great. And so to compare this movie with like the twilight zone is, is high praise coming from me. Um, in case you <laughs> don't know, duel is getting a 4k release in September of this oh, year. Really? Yep. Nice. I watched it on prime and it looked amazing yeah. just in high definition. Yep. It looks so good. So if it looks y- like it was filmed last week, yeah, it really does. So if you haven't seen it, dear listener or viewer, then by the time this video and or podcast comes out, it might be available. So go ahead and check it out. Okay. Before we get to like, uh, I don't know how we're going to wrap this one up, but uh, <laughs> what, 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 how would you compare it to Jaws? How does it, where does your brain go to when you watch this and you see Jaws? Well, um, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Is it really? Fucking, I fucking love Jaws. Not, not Bedroom Eyes 2? No, no. Maybe top 10, but not, no. What Jaws about is, Jaws is which, the favorite. Witchcraft 8. <laughs> like, I don't even remember which one Witchcraft 8 is. It's kind of it's just the one like with a the mishmash. Boobs well, uh, that doesn't narrow it down. Right now, witchcraft movies in my head are just boobs and uh, men with. Uh, just dumb faces. <laughs> Story of my life. You just described my life. <laughs> That's all my life is. Lindsay is boobs. Boobs. And my dumb face. face. Every time I look at the mirror, I'm like, well, at least I got boobs. In my life. <laughs> no, but I, I've loved Jaws ever since I was a kid. I think I saw Jaws before I saw Duel. I was like six years old when I first saw Jaws. Um, and it always stuck with me. But there's so many parallels between Duel and Jaws. I mean, you have Bruce the shark mm-hmm. is obviously like the truck. Mm-hmm. And there's so many signifiers of him because we don't always see him. We don't really see mm-hmm. him till the end. But but we've got uh, we've got a fin at times. But then the barrels come in mm-hmm. and that shows us where where we are. And that's that can be ominous when they pop up and stuff. And. Also, you have the character of Brody, yeah, who's just a dude, 
he, he didn't want to stay in New York yeah. because it's full of crime and bad guys. And he didn't want to deal with all that shit. So it's like, I'm going to move to this little island town where I'm the chief and nothing happens. It's only busy three months out gonna, of the year. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's only busy three months out of the year. Yep. Nothing's going to go wrong. I can I can be safe here. I can be a closet can be alcoholic s- in peace. Yes. <laughs> in peace. Yeah. Nothing is going to rain on my parade. Yeah. And then the shark shit happens. Yep. And that's the same with David Mann in this one. It's like he's just going on with his normal, everyday, menial life. Cuckoldry. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. His everyday <laughs> cuckoldry. Well, in the book, in the book, Ellen Brody and Hooper were, you know. Wait, but- is that real? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. yeah. What? What <laughs> does, does? Okay, the Hooper fucks Mrs. Brody. Well, they like knew each other previously. They fucked before. Yeah, and then I I can't. It's been a long time since I've read the book, but I think they hook up again once he comes to the island. So wait a minute, wait a minute. A- I'm gonna quote you to you. So Hooper <laughs> is Brody's sexual rival. Yes. Wow. And, Bro- and Hooper dies in the book. He gets eaten by the shark. Who does? Hooper. Hooper gets eaten by. So is the shark in the book a metaphor for lust? It could male, be. Male, aggressive, be. violent male sexual <laughs> desire that arrives at the beach. At the beach. Men are aggressive. <laughs> They're sexually aroused at the beach. The fin is phallic. At the it's beach. an erection. Yes. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Just when you thought it was safe. <laughs> wow. To get in that water. Men are there. Wow. Men are there. Men are dangerous. <laughs> they are. <laughs> what a sad fucking world we live in, Lindsay. You go to the beach, man gets you. Drive on the highway, mm-hmm. man gets you. Man gets you. Man's going to get you wherever wherever you go, man's going to get you. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> Smelly, dumb faces. Mongering for breast. Mongering for breast. <laughs> Where's a breast like a monger? That's what they do. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Then they make movies. And what are the movies about? Breast. And guys like them with dumb faces. Exactly. Hey, what's yep. this movie called? Well, it's called Witchcraft. What's it about? Breasts. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a horror movie. Okay. All it's right. a horror movie-ish. Ish. Um, yeah. It's mostly about but, but, nudity. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, a lot well, of nudity. Yeah. Uh, Peter Benchley, what's your book about? Oh, it's about a killer shark. That sounds great. But it's really about this guy fucking this other guy's wife. Oh, okay. That's great. Oh, there's mob stuff going on. Too. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole, it's, it's it's, a whole metaphor. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But, but I mean, also at the end of Jaws, you know, Brody is the only one left. Because, you know, he, he wasn't like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this with my science brain and go dive in with a yeah, giant yeah. shark. He's not Quint, who's just a madman driven by PTSD and revenge. The old, but Quint is the old <laughs> world idea of what a man's man is. Yes, yeah. yes, he, yes, and, very much and, so. And um, Hooper is the new man. He's yes. the educated He's got man. Got the money. He's a high value man. Bingo. He's not six foot tall. Bingo. But he's got the money. He's got the. He's brains. a short king. He's a short king. He's a short king. Yeah. <laughs> then you got Brody. And Brody's, Brody is this milk toast simp. Yes. Closet alcoholic. Oh, the, the best. The best showcase of that is during the scar comparing scene. 
because you've got Quentin Hooper going back like, oh, this was a thresher shark. This was this shark. This was, you know, I got cut by a whatever. And Brody's over there, like he lifts up his shirt and he's got his appendix scar and he's like, should I? And then he's like, nah, nah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not not part of this conversation. He's a man who's gotten through life almost unscathed, untouched, and can still barely handle his life. Yes. Nothing has ha- yes. ever happened to him, and he still can't. You know, he's he's an untested man. Yes, but he gets tested. He, gets tested. And he triumphs. He kills the shark, yeah. and he he becomes a real boy, yeah. a real man. He becomes a real man. <laughs> and he goes home and he fucks his wife like a real man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that w- that's what David Mann does. Just shut her up, you know. Just. <laughs> Give it, give it to her. <laughs> I think that's all she really wants. <laughs> Never fails. She just, she just, she, Mrs. Man just wants an orgasm. That's all she wants. Mrs. Man just wants a real man between her legs. God yes. damn. Just satisfy this woman, please. Just get this woman <laughs> off. Get her off and she'll get off your back, gentlemen. Yes. Gentlemen, <laughs> if you're having problems at home, your wife is an orgasm. Uh, no. Ask her if she's enjoying your sexual life and what you could do to please her. And if, and if yep. she's like, well, I don't know, you know, maybe we could try this. Maybe. Then just go for a drive in the desert. Yeah. Say, well, go kill a man and come way. back and go, I killed kill a man, man today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that murder is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> you kill a brutally murder a trucker in self-defense. That'll get your wife going. Oh, yeah. That's better than washing the dishes, brother. <laughs> That's my word of advice. It's the binge movies marital marital aid <laughs> advice, courtesy of Jason from Binge Movies and Lindsay Washburn from Lindsay Washburn. <laughs> oh my god! Get your wife off. Your wife's angry because she hasn't gotten off. Mm. You know, though, in all seriousness, uh, uh-huh. tongue firmly in cheek. You know, yeah. Mister Man, not a good lover. No, I don't think so. Limp dick. I, I Not don't, a good I, lover. I don't think he. I don't think he could find that spot. I don't know. <laughs> I, he doesn't seem detail oriented. No, he's he's. I mean, he's kind. He is a people pleaser. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> In some senses, but but, but there's no, a desperateness he's, he's, to it. There's a desperateness to it. Nobody and, wants you in the bakery and, begging. You no, you'd have to guide him. I would. But you don't say. beg at the bakery. You understand what I'm saying? No. You don't get in the bakery yes. and go. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm making you happy. Oh, you stop hitting me. Oh. Like that is. As long as that you don't him. yell at me, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Like that is not. That's not a turn on. No. You want. You no, want. A, you want. A, you want a man. M a n n who who. Mm-hmm. Who has confidence that I I know what I yeah. I know what I'm doing I know what I know what I'm doing I can listen to the signals that your body is sending me I don't need you to spell it out uh, exactly. I I'm listening to your body and your body will tell me what to do because <laughs> I'm a man M A N N man and you just sit back yes. relax and enjoy the ride true <laughs> wife Mrs Man and you know we'll get this done. 
one way or the other, whatever it takes, <laughs> I am either mm-hmm. coming back on my shield or I'm not coming back at all. <laughs> That's the, that is the commitment level you have to have to your significant mm-hmm. other. And man does not have that commitment to anything in his life. No. And I think he's just, he's just trying to find that. And he just was never, I don't know. He finds the ability. Okay. This movie is about a man finding Mm -hmm. the ability to sexually gratify his wife through the murder of a trucker. (laughs) You could look at it that way. (laughs) Brody couldn't satisfy his wife. So an old flame comes back in interlopes of their marriage. That's the thing that pushes him over the edge and he kills Mm -hmm. the sexual predation. The threat The Bruce is Mm -hmm. a manifestation of the sexual rivalry between Brody and Hooper. And And only when the beast is slain, can the orgasm be delivered. Lindsay Washburn. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say something worse, but I won't. What were you saying? (laughs) (laughs) He said the beast was slain as if he could slay that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) That's two P drops. In one episode. That is. I said that word twice. And not I didn't once even for realize me. it. No. No. No, I apologize. You're, no, no, you're allowed to say it. I feel like that's a ter- that's a term I think women can use and should claim as their own. That's true. We should that we should reclaim that word. I, I agree. Cannot and will not use that word. Um, yes. But but okay. One of the things that we've talked about before, we're being silly. But one of the things mm-hmm. that we've talked about before, though, is that there is throughout most literature, there is kind of a psychosexual dynamic, even subconsciously when something yes. happens. And so as, yes. as silly as I, we were and as much of humor <laughs> as we were trying to crass childlike sophomore humor, we were <laughs> deriving from it. There is the truth that the truck is phallic. It is like a threat yeah. because there is like, yes. um, when you're getting down to these, like, um, survival of the fittest right mm-hmm. like you were talking about like you're you're going back to your primal roots you're, yes. you you have like survival drive and sex drive and they're interlinked because sur- yes. sex drive is connected to the survival of the species yes it's your animal brain the, yeah what that's is, it what is Bingo. consistent in your animal brain so so yes. so many mm-hmm. thrillers are how do we take that suburban person or that person who's very disconnected from their animal self and make them mm-hmm. animal. Another great example of it is Predator. The original Predator. Predator. Yes. Even though Arnold is this animalistic sort of military guy, he isn't really. They're a covert rescue group. And he has all these guns yes. and weapons and technology and all mm-hmm. these experiences. And so he's like, um, he's an industrial, he's, he's, he is a uh, product of he's the, the military, military industrial, industrial complex. complex. Yes. Personified. He has to yes. shed the industrial military complex, all of of the modern warfare and go Mm -hmm. back to, he actually has a primal yell in that fucking movie with fire, like a caveman covered in mud. Even the, even the predator takes his shit off. He's like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I will kick your ass the old fashioned way. And (laughs) the end fight or the, the almost the penultimate fight before the big climax, Mm -hmm. there's an innocent woman caught in between them. And yes. he's like, run, get to the mm-hmm. chopper, which everybody knows. And you and I talked about Predator for 10 yes. hours, so we don't need to revisit it. Yes. <laughs> but even in a movie like that, that mm-hmm. survival, sexual dynamic. And there's also the whole thing of like, you, you talk about sexual rivals. Well, who gets mm-hmm. 
in the animal kingdom, who gets to pass their DNA on? The toughest, the toughest one, one. Whoever right? Yeah. So your rival is is not just who gets the the, the breeding rights, but yeah. who gets to have the heirs, who gets to have the lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. does the species survive? Yes, but who gets to be the patriarch of your species? Yes. And so that's what, like, animalistically, animals fight for to this day all around the world, right? Yeah. And we as mm-hmm. higher evolve bigger frontal lobe animals it's the same thing so mm-hmm. i think when we write especially thrillers and horror movies and these sorts of things oh yeah that we're going to talk about throughout this road trip uh-huh. that's really what a lot of them are about is the animal part of our brain oh, yeah. and and therefore triggering in us as the audience the fight or flight response of the yes. animal part of our brains yes and and that is something that is universal to all human beings yes it's like, and and I think that's why they're so appealing and and kind of they appeal to everybody because everyone gets those feelings. Everyone has that hardwired into their brain. Yes. Yeah, protect yourself. Protect the ones you love. Mm-hmm. Be, look out for threats. Um, mm-hmm. s- survive at all costs. Yeah, that's hardwired yeah. into all of us. And so when we see mm-hmm. that, because most of us do live physically disconnected from that reality in most places in the world. Yes. Well, now we, yes. we face all those things sort of existentially, but that's. We end up. Yeah. We, we Darwin ourselves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now the, the gr- no more lawn darts for you. Fuckers. Right. No more lawn darts. Cause you get, cause you keep standing underneath them and looking up. Yeah. So no we more stare lawn into darts the for sun. You. We destroy the ozone <laughs> layer. We, we do all these things. And so, our mm-hmm. threats are now in many places in the world, and this isn't true everywhere, but in many mm-hmm. de- quote unquote developed nations around the yes. world, your primary threat is existential now. And that's, we've yes. not evolved. Or technological. Yeah. Or technological. And our, we've not evolved. Our instincts are not evolved for that. And so our brains just kind of shortwire. Um, yeah. our, our brains are, have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years of evolutionary neurobiological wiring Mm -hmm. to be like saber tooth tiger and bears and all kind of scary shit. And then this, this I think is that perfect balance because it is the modern world, Mm -hmm. but because it is in this remote desert location, it's like, yeah, the, the villain is a truck. So that's a representation of modernity, but it's in a very Mm -hmm. primordial place. Yes. It's in the wilderness. Yes. You have to go in off the into the wilderness and face the threat. And it's it's a nameless threat. Yes. It's a faceless threat. Yes. It's just the the threat of annihilation. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a great way to kick off this mini marathon <laughs> road trip. Sexual annihilation. Yes. Existential death <laughs> and sexual annihilation. Yeah, if we ever mm-hmm. co-author a book together, that's what we should call it. Existential that's death the, and sexual name. annihilation. Am I existential yes. <laughs> death and you're sexual annihilation? Or are you sexual annihilation I and I'm so. existential death? Or vice versa. Am I sexual annihilation? Are you existential death? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think we could we could each be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna be offering those two things again in short order to yes. our audience. <laughs> Here on this platform, for, so you can go to the beach, enjoy your summer, 
realize mm-hmm. that the guy who's helping you hunt that shark is having sex with your wife while you're drunk downstairs. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are going to pick up with a movie that is not too dissimilar. Maybe shares mm-hmm. some things with this. A lot of themes. Yes, yes, yes. It's a movie not from the 70s. It's a movie from 1997. Comes in an hour and 33 minutes. It takes us from California. And we're going to, in between these recording sessions, we're going to hop back in our conversion van, mosey on down the road to Arizona, where the best tea in the world is made. Only costs 99 cents, and it'll only be $2 to the gas station when you buy it, even though it says 99 cents in the can. Uh, <laughs> we go to uh, Sedona, of all places. Will we get some crystals when mm-hmm. we're in Sedona, Lindsay? I don't, I don't, I'm not a big crystal girl, No, but they are very, they are very pretty. What about, but UFOs? You're still on that UFO kick? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm into the UFOs. I feel like Sedona, like rocks, isn't Sedona kind of a UFO-ish place and vortexes and There's, there's magnetic. some things. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, anywhere in the desert, in a, in the remote desert, there's, there's things going on. There's fuckery about it. <laughs> That's the tagline of whatever the fuck this thing that we're doing is. Our own movie marathon. We're kids who grew up with the USA marathons. And we decided mm-hmm. to have one of our own four days in a row. We program the movies. Yes. You watch them. We talk about them. We introduce them to you. And then uh, fuckery afoot. Uh, what did you just say? What did you just say? There's fuckery. Fuck, fuck, fuckery. <laughs> fuckery about. Fuckery about. Fuckery about. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about a movie starring Meatloaf. Right? No, no. That's no, black. that's 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 black top. Black dog. Something. Black dog. This is not yeah. black dog. This is break down. Break down. What the f- mm-hmm. what, what, tease breakdown? I don't fucking remember. Is this the Kurt Russell one? Yes. Okay. Give us a little tease. Mm-hmm. Incentivize the people to come back. What could they? What What will they hear when you and I talk about breakdown? Besides existential <laughs> death. Sexual annihilation. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I there's a lot to talk about because I mean it's 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 a very interesting movie. And this is probably the least manliest role that Kurt Russell has ever played. So that would make him a what? A cuck. No, no, I don't no. Know. <laughs> Go for the hat trick. A pussy. Yeah! A pussy. <laughs> Kurt Russell is a pussy. <laughs> quotes from you coming out of this incredible. <laughs> Just we need a nice poster of breakdown. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell is, is a, a pussy. LindsayWashburn.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lindsay, it's time for us to gas up the old conversion fan. fan get some gas station burritos. Mosey on down the road mm. to Arizona where they make the best tea in the world. Next time, I'm ready. Next time you see us, it'll be, I don't know, what, 12 hours from now? And maybe mm-hmm. 24 maximum, depending on if we decide to sleep and piss. Now, Lindsay is a pee jar girl. She just makes those Gatorade bombs and throws them out the window. I got a shiwi. I have a shiwi. I, I, I keep I'm, a shiwi I in my purse. I need a rest stop. I'm a weak man. I need a rest stop. And Lindsay's always like, let's just keep going. We got to get to the next town. We got to make it down the road. Got it. Time is money. Yeah, she's like, let's I've go. got it all scheduled out. I got the maps here. Ran, I've got this. I got our asses. Rand McNally. I'm going, but mm-hmm. my bowels are going to move. I need a toilet. She's like, that's <laughs> what the woods are for. And she just wants to pull over to the side of the road. And I'm like, 50 more miles to a rest stop. Get me to a McDonald's parking lot. At least let me go in a, a super-sized cup. Nope. It's <laughs> awful. 
So anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get back on schedule. Let's get back on the road. Mm-hmm. We will catch your asses down the road in short order, 12, 24 hours, whatever it may be, uh, for mm-hmm. 1997's Breakdown.